The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Sierra. And I'm Ashley. And this is your Weekly Weekly Dose of Wicked. Is that what you're going with? Hey there. I was going to wait and I was playing off you. I was just throwing some things out there. I was just, (laughs) I was just throwing things out there until we got something that stuck. I was just throwing things to the wall. Okay. Let's be awkward as normal. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey there. Hi there. Howdy ho there. I don't know. I was just, I like that. I was just throwing things at the wall, man. But the pasta is not done. It's not sticking. Nope. All right. Anyways. Thank you guys for joining us on this beautiful Wednesday. Is it a beautiful day today? I don't know, because it's actually Tuesday, but... But we're t- predicting it's going to be beautiful. Yes, our prediction for tomorrow. Actually, you know what? No, I saw a TikTok the other day, and homegirl said that she saw TikTok, and in the TikTok she saw, the girl said, I just say, like, my mantra is, oh my gosh, good things always happen to me. Yeah, I saw that. Did you see that? So that's mm-hmm. gonna be my that's gonna be my mantra this year. Oh my gosh, good things always happen to me. I think it's mantra. Okay, ma- fuck off. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but it's probably his mantra. I don't. I don't care. My slogan there you go. is gonna be. My slogan's gonna be. Oh my gosh, good things always happen to me. Good luck with that. So you know what that means? Um, we got an email. We'll probably just cut this, but we got an email that we might get tickets to Podfest. Oh my gosh, good things always happen to us. So we're gonna go with, and then tomorrow we wake up. We're gonna have free tickets to Podfest. I hope that is true. Hope good things always happen to us. So it's got good things always happen to us. Good things always happen to us. Ashley got pulled over this morning. Good things always happen to us. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, okay, moving along, moving right along. Big news. Nothing. We've got nothing going on. No big news. No big news. Um, we do have big news. In case any of you were wondering about last week's episode, it was edited by none other than. Ashley! Give a round of applause. Thank you. I'm bowing. She did a phenomenal job. It's her first time ever editing an episode. We only started this podcast back in July. It's only January. only took her six months, but she finally did it. Okay, but I did it out of necessity, not because I wanted to. (laughs) No, she didn't want to do it. It was that or the podcast didn't come out. Yes, that is true. It was that or there would have been no episode last week. So as you know, if you listened to last week's episode, I was complaining that my Crohn's was acting up and my stomach hurt. Well, that night, I then had a horrible, awful flare-up, which resulted in me being in bed for the rest of the week. And on a liquid diet. And on a liquid diet, because I couldn't keep anything down because I had some sort of blockage in my intestines. So that was fun. It was a good time. I had a great time. So I came in like the hero I am. Yeah, yep. She came in like the hero she was. She's like, what do you need me to do for you? And I... I don't know if any of you know this. Um, I'm really hard-headed, and I don't actually like to ask for help. So I was like, nothing, nothing. I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. She's like, well, send me the file, and I'll edit it. I was like, no, no, it's fine. I can do it. And she's like, just send me the file. I can edit it. I gave it, and I sent it to her. Yeah, seven hours later. 
I know. <laughs> the episode maybe actually would have been out on time if you um, sent it to me. Okay, well, I was I was going to do it myself. But as you know, I'm hard-headed. I don't like to ask for help. So That is true. That is true. It's just like Ashley said, what do you need? Do you want me to send you some things? And I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'll be fine. And then 10 hours later, I was like, can you please send me Pedialyte and bone broth? It wasn't hoarseness. It was crying. Okay, but that was just my sick voice. Like my weak. <laughs> that was my weak voice. It wasn't hoarseness. <laughs> that was my weak voice. Yeah, but. Okay, I'm sorry. Anyways, it was super sad. And then she was like, if being the being the younger sister mother that she is said, if you want to just let me send you the stuff when I offered to, it would have been there by now. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm fine. I'm fine. All's good. So anyway, that's all the news that we have. Um, Ashley edited and I was on my deathbed. But, you know, she came off of it and um, I now unfortunately know how to edit. So I can't use that as an excuse anymore. This is true. I wasn't very good at it, though. So sorry that last week's episode wasn't great. I mean, you were fine. It was just your first time. And that episode was also super short because it wasn't supposed to be an episode. It was supposed to be a bonus for our Patreons. That is true. It was supposed to be a bonus episode. But again, I was sick. And so Ashley was like, ah, I have a bonus episode ready. We can do that. But it's okay because you know what? I came through clutch and I think this episode this week's going to be quite lengthy. Oh, lovely. Maybe if you um give me what I need. <laughs> if you give me, give me what I want, what I really, really want, which is a conversation. I'll try. But anyway... Whatever. It's cool. Moving on. Um, I do feel much better. I'm still not 100%, but I do feel much better. So happy. I can eat eat some foods again. Not all of them, but some of them. All right. So what do we got going on? We've got uh, no new Patreons. So guys, get your get your lives together. Head on over to Patreon. Join it up. Join it, please, because we need your support. We would be nothing without you. Yeah, more than you know, we need your support. Uh, just to paint a visual picture for you. I'm wearing my six-year-old's. Marvel Avengers headphones right now because I don't have any headphones for podcasting because my children broke them. So again, head on over to Patreon. Sign up. How do you do that, Ashley? You go to patreon.com slash weekly dose of wicked. That's right. That's what you do. And you can sign up for one of our four tiers because we have four tiers in case you guys didn't know. I know this is news to you. I've never, I know you've never heard this before, but we have four. Starting at $3, we have the slightly wicked followed by the moderately wicked for five. The Awesomely Wicked for 7, and The Extraordinarily Wicked for 10. I kind of feel like a, a mean parent when I talk about the Patreon because I'm always like, Slightly Wicked, Moderately Wicked, Awesomely Wicked, Extraordinarily. In case you didn't know, they're my favorites. They are. So, sorry. Not supposed to have favorites, but... Mm. The Patreons are pretty awesome. I love them a lot. All of them. Every one of them. Yeah, we love you all. You can also support us by going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash W-D-O-W if you don't want a subscription. So just keep that in mind. Um, we do buy a lot of coffee, but I mean, that money goes towards, you know, like podcasting equipment and whatnot as well. Buying business cards. We just bought business cards with that money. So we are fancy. In the hopes that we get to go to PodFest with free tickets from Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout, if you're listening, just give us some free tickets. That'd be cool. Super dope. Be real cool um because tickets are like 300 dollars a piece so that's six six hundred dollars in case you can't math and that's not gonna happen no nope 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 because then we also have to pay for plane tickets and hotels and uh food although there's probably a microwave in the hotel we just get ramen yeah that's what i want to eat well sorry um what else we need to talk about follow us on instagram and facebook Yep, head on over to Insta, head on over to Facebook, give us a like, give us a follow, do whatever you need to do. What else can you do? You can do my favorite thing, which is when you head on over to Apple Podcasts and you give us ratings and reviews. That is Sierra's favorite. I haven't checked them in a while, but we did get two new reviews over the past like week, and I was 
very ecstatic to find that out. Especially since we haven't asked for that in a while. No, I haven't been begging. I've been letting. I've Good things always happen to us. I've just been letting it happen. Yeah. We're so lucky. So anyway, we're so lucky. Good things always happen to us. All right. So moving right along. Is there anything else we want to talk Ooh, about? I checked the P.O. box last week. There was nothing in it. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Nothing in our P.O. box. We appreciate we appreciate all the lovely handwritten Christmas cards we asked for. <laughs> we did ask for them like two days before Christmas, so that was our own fault. It doesn't matter. They could have sent them after Christmas. Yeah. They knew we are slackers. We weren't going to check it. That is true. That is true. I checked it for the very first time, and all it had in it was a bill. Yep. All right. Well, are we ready to jump into this case? We are ready. As promised last week, we're going to talk about a man killing his wife. Oh, boy. I know, and I can't wait. All right, so Lauren Hagelmeyer was born in 1988 to Lori and Dale Hagelmeyer in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Lauren grew up with her parents and her two sisters, and by all accounts, it seemed that they were a very close family. Do you like my newscaster voice? Yeah, it's lovely. I do. Okay. Okay. Lauren was described as a hardworking, independent woman. She was very involved in her church. She volunteered at church, teaching Sunday school classes and volunteering in the nursery. Not only was Lauren from Bowling Green, Kentucky, but Matthew Phelps was also from Bowling Green, Kentucky. And while the two had known each other since middle school, they had never had any sort of romantic relationship. That is until they were 26. That's a long time. I know. Okay. I agree. So Matthew came across Lauren on Instagram, and he slid on into her dms he wanted to try and blossom a romantic relationship with her even though she had now relocated to raleigh north carolina and he was still in Kentucky, the distance didn't matter to him their instagram messages quickly transitioned into texts and then phone calls and before long they were in a long distance relationship they had a lot of the same interests they were both very into star wars and harry potter lauren like i said was very involved in her church and she was smitten by matthew because he had went to a Bible college in hopes of one day becoming a pastor. All right. So at this point in the story, I'm going to get on my soapbox. Okay. Are you ready? Probably not. Okay. Anytime. I've already discussed this with you. It just boils my blood. All right. So anytime you look into this case, the headlines read, Pastor kills wife. Or NC pastor pleads guilty to murder. Matthew Phelps was not a pastor. He wanted to be a pastor. He wanted to be a pastor. He was not a pastor. He was not affiliated with any church. He had went to a Bible college with hopes of one day becoming a pastor. He was not a pastor. It really, really grinds my gears that any time a Christian is involved in any type of crime, it makes headline news. Yeah. How often do we see HVAC guy kills wife? Never. No. How often do we see McDonald's employee robs bank? Never. It really just lights a fire for me. It makes me, it just really, really pisses me off, honestly. Um, I feel like as a society, as a society, it infuriates me that anytime someone has even the tiniest bit of a Christian background and they do something wrong, that that's the, that's all that anyone focuses on. So I just felt that I needed to voice my opinion on that before I got into the case. Um, one bad seed just defines the entire Christian population. Um, and another thing is, which this part is very important. Uh, there's this crazy thing where like many wolves wearing sheep clothing will put themselves into, like, the Christian life and, like, have a fake Christian persona, but, like, they're not actually Christian. It's all an act to them. And then they give a bad name to people who are actually good Christian people who have good lives and who make good decisions. Yeah, that is true. So 
I'm just saying, regardless of religious beliefs, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of gender, there are bad people in the world. Okay, getting off my soapbox now. Back to the beginning of the relationship. Uh, Lauren liked that Matthew had went to a Bible college. He was an aspiring pastor. It was important to her that she be in a relationship with someone who was evenly yoked. For anyone that doesn't mean, know what that means. Essentially, it just means she wanted to be in a relationship with a relationship with someone who shared the same religious beliefs as her. That was her goal. Yes. So, so they began a long distance relationship, and it wasn't long before that relationship got serious. Uh, Matthew asked Lauren to marry him, and of course, she said yes, which resulted in Matthew moving to North Carolina to be closer to Lauren. Um, while Lauren's mother seemed to approve of the engagement, her father Dale was not a fan of Matthew. He thought the relationship was moving too fast, and he barely knew Matthew. He couldn't exactly put his finger on it, but he just had a bad feeling about Matthew. Uh, he didn't want to cause too much of a fuss, though, because he was happy, and that was really what both of her parents wanted, was just for their daughter to be happy. You should never ignore your gut, though. No. Uh, so regardless, Dale's disapproval did not stop. Um, I'm sorry. Dale's disapproval did not stop Lauren and Matthew from moving forward. Even though Lauren knew her father was not a fan of was not a fan of Matthew. They still did continue their relationship. They continued their engagement. And Matthew really seemed to be putting in the effort that he needed to gain the approval of Lauren's family. He would attend family gatherings, um, including they had a weekly game night every Tuesday. They had, they got together and played like board games, which I thought was really cute. Yeah, that is cute. It wasn't long until most of Lauren's family actually did seem to accept Matthew. So it did work for him. Dale, however, was not as easy to win over, and he did say that one of his biggest issues with Matthew is that Matthew had been married before, and when Dale asked Matthew about it, um, he seemed very uncomfortable. Uh, He told Dale that the relationship just didn't work out. He didn't really give him a reason. So Dale was uncomfortable with um, this man pursuing his daughter after he had already had one failed marriage, and he felt like he was just like rushing into another marriage so quickly after. He He just didn't have a good feeling about it all around. Uh, still, the relationship continued, though. And on November 11, 2016, Matthew and Lauren became husband and wife in a beautiful church wedding in Wake Forest, North Carolina. It was Star Wars themed, and all of the groomsmen carried lightsabers. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Something that I didn't really find to be that important, but they get mentioning in the show that I watched. So I said, I'm not sure that this has anything to do with anything. But the show I watched, which, by the way, was heavily dramatized, <laughs> really harped on Matthew's mother. Uh, apparently Matthew's mother wore white to the engagement party before the wedding, which was a huge deal. Bitch. Yeah. I mean, it is rude, but like they just really harped on that. They also harped on the fact that she was really difficult at the wedding. So essentially what I got from this, just a little background on like Matthew's growing up and his mother, um, Matthew's parents had him very young and they were very immature. So their marriage did not work out. Matthew actually ended up being raised by his grandmother and his mother was just kind of like in and out of his life, his pretty much his entire life. So Matthew's father did end up remarrying and he did have children with another woman. So Matthew's mother refused to allow Matt's father and siblings at Matt's wedding. She said that if they were there, she would not attend. Hmm. So another thing is at the wedding, at one point she pushed Lauren out of the way and she demanded a family photo of just her and Matt. So that was a big issue. Essentially, it just seemed like she really didn't approve Lauren as much as Dale didn't approve of Matthew. I mean, I understand that those are big deals, but what does that have to do with this murder? You said the husband killed her. I don't I don't know that it has anything to do with anything, but they just really brought it up a lot, so. Okay. I mean, those are all signs that, like, of a horrible mother-in-law, but I don't know what that has to do with the murder. 
I don't know either, but I just felt like it was important to include. And there's some stuff that happens later on that they really harped on. So we'll just keep going and we'll see if it has anything to do with anything. Okay. Keep that in the back of my mind. Yeah. I mean, I don't really think it had anything to do with anything. But um, other than not getting along with your in-laws causes like marriage problems. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't care what anyone says. It causes problems in your marriage. I do think for that purpose, it's important to mention that, that, you know, Matthew's mother seemed to just hate Lauren for no reason. And I think that that definitely caused some tension in their marriage um, because Matthew seemed like he, like, needed her approval. Right. Most people do need their parents' approval. Yeah, but it seems like he needed his mother's over his father, I would say. I mean, that's, it's just opinion. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Moving on. Um... Prior to getting married, Matthew seemed to be everything Lauren wanted. He was a hard worker. He was a compassionate man. Um, he had that religious background, like p- just the picture perfect man of who she wanted to be with. Early on, he worked doing in-home care and he was an employee of the month. And Lauren gushed over that. She like bragged about it to everybody, like just how hardworking he was. Like she just really seemed to be like a very sweet, doting wife. That's really cute. It is. And she also, like I said, was a hard worker. So she had a full-time job as an auditor. She babysat regularly for extra cash. She worked in the church, like I said. And she also sold Scentsy. So she was fun to make money. You know how much you love Scentsy? What? I said I don't really use Scentsy anymore. I know, but you used to love it. I did used to love Scentsy, but I don't really use it anymore. I really only liked Southern Sweet Tea. They got rid of it? Yes, that's why I kept buying it. Southern Sweet Tea was my favorite scent. (laughs) So for Lauren, failure just was an option. If she couldn't do something all the way, then she just wasn't going to do it at all. She was an extremely driven individual. So it's just who she was. Uh, And her marriage was no exception. So while it looked perfect from the outside, it wasn't long until there were serious issues with their marriage. Lauren Hagelmeyer Phelps and Matthew Phelps were the epitome of a perfect couple from the outside. On social media, they were just absolute couple goals. And I really fell hard into this rabbit hole. I looked through her social media accounts for hours. And yeah, I mean, there's not a single sign of a deteriorating marriage on her social media. Well, yeah, that's not how things are these days. Well, that's what I said next. I said, which obviously is the way we live our lives these days. It's sad. Social media is like all we care about. Oh, yeah, it is extremely sad. And so I've said that social media has made it so we can portray this beautiful, carefree life to the world. And it's really scary to think that as a society, we feel the need to do so. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying like, hey, jump on social media. Let's all air our dirty laundry. But I'm just saying that, like, it seems when marriages are falling apart or when people are having hard times, that's when they really try to, like, glamorize their lives. Right. Make everybody believe that they're doing great. Right. Right. So that's kind of what I feel like Lauren was doing. Um, so the first issue that seemed to arrive for Lauren and Matthew, um, Lauren has this friend from church. His name is David. And Matthew feels that Lauren and David are getting too close. So he confides in Lauren and he tells her that his marriage actually ended. Previous wife left him for someone else. She went on a mission trip with the church. And when she came home, she announced that she no longer loved him, packed her stuff and left him. Oh, wow. So obviously he has unresolved feelings about that. And this relationship that she has with David is making him uncomfortable. Uh, Lauren assures him that they're just friends. But Matthew says he feels like David has things for Lauren. And Lauren essentially tells him that she can't control how other people feel. Okay. So let's just unpack that. First of all, I'm not victim-blaming what happened. Um, It is not Lauren's fault. I don't care how Matthew felt about this betrayal. He had no right to kill anyone. 
Uh, but I did just want to like kind of visit this because to me, it that kind of blew my mind. Like this is being told from Lauren's family's perspective. So it's not like Matthew's like spreading false information. Like Lauren's family is telling us this happened. So Matthew newly, I mean, at this point they're newly married. And he says, you know, this relationship that you have with this guy from church is making me uncomfortable. And Lauren essentially says, well, sorry, I can't feel, I can't help people feel about me. Right. So as a married woman, I cannot imagine my husband coming to me and saying, like, this relationship you have with this other person makes me uncomfortable. And then me telling them, sorry, sorry, sucks for you. I can't, I can't help it. He loves me. Right. Um, and again, like on that same note, I by no means think that spouses should control who the other person talks to. But to me, it's more of a respect thing. Right. Like you yourself don't make your spouse feel uncomfortable. Right. So your spouse shouldn't say, hey, you can't talk to them, but you should, out of respect, no longer talk to them. Right. I mean, I agree 100%. If your spouse comes to you and says, hey, this this relationship you have with this person is making me uncomfortable, if you have respect for your spouse, then you should say, you know what? Okay. Well, I'm going to distance myself from them. If it makes you uncomfortable, you're my spouse. You're the number one person in my life. So, yeah. Um, So I said that, like I said, I have enough respect that I don't want to intentionally hurt him that way, like by doing that. Um, And I said, also, I said, now that being said, because I don't want to portray that I'm perfect because I'm not. um, Jacob has a really big issue with trying to tell me what I can and cannot do. You know that. Yes. Um, And as we all should know by now, I am a highly opinionated, loud individual. Yeah. Okay. Okay. there are times where out of spite, I will do things because he told me that I can't. That is true. You do do that. And that is that is just one of my toxic traits. And that doesn't mean it's okay. It's something I should work on. Saying toxic traits are okay because they're not. But I know that that's a toxic trait. I know it's a very big issue that I have. I know that I have a very big issue with authority figures. Yeah. I'm not saying that Jacob is like an authority figure, but he sure tries to act like he's an authority figure to me. Yeah, sometimes he does. My immediate response to that is to do the exact opposite of what he tells me to do because I can't be controlled, essentially. You're a rabbit so. animal. <laughs> <laughs> Not a rabbit animal. But I just can't fathom telling my spouse. Like, I just cannot fathom at any point in my marriage telling my spouse, this friendship with this man from church is more important to me than our marriage. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. I don't know. I don't know. So that's the first issue they came across. So when I heard that, I was kind of like, ugh. Not saying that Lauren deserves to get murdered or like anyone deserves to get murdered out of this, but I don't like that. I don't like the way that that feels, you know? That's the first big issue. And honestly, from that point, it's just down. And this is, again, like literally weeks, maybe a month after their wedding. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's supposed to be like the easiest part. Yeah, no, there was no easy part of this. Hmm. It's actually devastating how quickly this goes from like a happy marriage to devastation all right so lauren confides in friends and family that matt entered into a very deep depression after this he no longer wanted to attend church he no he could no longer hold down a job he would get a job and then he would just quit and sit home uh he spent his days lying around the house playing video games while lauren did everything she could to keep them afloat she obviously became very frustrated with him over this um, she would go to work all day. She would come home. The house would be a mess. She'd have to do all of the housework, cook dinner, and then get up the next day and just do it all again. Uh, Matthew no longer cared to do the things that Lauren enjoyed. Like he really just could not care less about Lauren's feelings, her wants, her needs from him as a husband. Um, Matt's lack of work did not stop Matt from blowing through money. 
According to Lauren's family, Lauren became very frugal with their money. She would buy like cheap, easy, processed meals to take to work so that she wouldn't have to spend the money and like go out to eat. Um, and while she was doing this, Matt was sitting at home and take out. So he, again, just didn't really seem to care at all that they were having these financial struggles so earlier in their marriage. And he had no want to try and remedy that at all. It sounds like he was really struggling. It sounds like he was struggling? Yeah. Sounds to me like he's a dick. I mean, it sounds like he had some mental issues that he needed to go to therapy for. I mean, possibly. That's very possible. Um, It seems to me like maybe he just didn't want to grow up. I mean, honestly. Seems to me like I was on his side. I was like, you know what? Lauren is wrong for that friendship with David. But it seems to me like he then took that. He just like threw a freaking hissy fit. Like, oh, you're not going to stop this relationship with this man at church? Then I'm going to sit on my butt all day and play video games, and I'm not going to hold down a job. Like, it really seems to me like he was just being a baby. I mean, maybe. I totally get depression, but I 100% get depression. I'm not by any means belittling if he was, in fact, depressed. I don't know that I believe he was really depressed. Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's the issue I have. Yeah, unfortunately, we will never know that. I mean, we can ask him. I mean, yeah, but is he going to tell us? No. I have no idea. But anyway, okay. The bigger the gap between Lauren and Matthew grew, the more Lauren leaned on her family, specifically her sister, Beth. Um, She confided everything in Beth, and Matthew had an issue with that as well. He did not have a supportive family like Lauren had. So to him, their closeness didn't, um, like, make sense. It seemed like it only made him feel even more betrayed by Lauren, like she wasn't allowed to have a relationship with her family because he didn't have a relationship with his. So it wasn't long after that, and Matt uh, just stopped showing up for weekly game nights. He just completely withdrew from Lauren's family completely. Uh, to me, I also thought that that was really sad because obviously none of us were there, so we don't know. But Lauren's family, like from their account, they were supporting Lauren in saving her marriage. Right. So when she came to them with all of these problems... It would have been really easy for her sister and her mom to be like, oh, yeah, Lauren, crap, you made a mistake. Come, you know, like, come home and just leave him. But, like, that's not what they were telling her. Right. They were telling her, if you love him and you want to save your marriage, like, what can we do to support you? How can we help you? And they were attempting to help her save her marriage. Right. But he didn't really want to, it doesn't sound like. Well, it doesn't seem like he just, he didn't want them involved. Um, One thing her sister gave I thought was phenomenal advice. But she told Lauren, essentially, like, you have to decide which of these issues is the biggest issue. What do you want for him to, like, fix right now? That's the first step that we need to do is figure out, like, what the biggest problem you have with the way that he's acting is. And that's what we need to focus on. Because if you just keep bombarding him and nagging him and throwing all of your frustration at him, you're just going to become noise to him and he isn't going to fix any of the issues. And I was like, man, that girl has life figured out. (laughs) Because that is true. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, though, it's really sad to me because here they are supporting Lauren and Matthew. And Matthew's just like, nope, I don't want you to have any relationship with them. So I'm going to withdraw myself. I don't want anything to do with any of them. So anyway, Lauren seems to want to fix their marriage. They keep on keeping on. Uh, A few months pass and the couple plans a trip home back to Bowling Green, Kentucky. So at this point, Matthew's excited for this trip. He gets to see his family, and it does seem to put him in a better mood. Seems to, like, you know, pull him out of his depressed state he's in. Um, But unfortunately, once again, issues would arise with Matthew's mother. So on the trip, Matthew's family had made plans to have, like, family photos done. And Matthew's mother told Lauren 
that everyone was going to be wearing blue. So, of course, Lauren, being the, you know, fantastic doting wife that she is, goes out. She buys blue coordinating outfits for herself and Matthew. Um, And then when they arrive to the family photos, all of the women are wearing white. So, essentially, Matthew's mother just wanted to embarrass Lauren and intentionally told her the wrong color to wear, which was really just a crappy thing to do. To me, it seems like Lauren's, I'm sorry, to me, it seems like Matthew's mother also needs to grow up. Yeah. I mean, to me, it just seems like they're both very immature people. And again, I'm not saying that Matthew's not depressed, but to me, it really seems like he's more immature than anything. Yeah. And I mean, at this point, he's almost 30 years old. Like they're at, by the time, like this is all transpiring, like, like I said, they were 26 when they started the whole Instagram messaging. By the time all of this is going down, they're 28, 29 years old. Right. So, I mean... They're not young, you know. This is like this is like the behavior of like an 18-year-old. Like, oh, I'm going to quit my job and stay home and play video games all day and spend all of my wife's money ordering takeout. Like, right. This is not the mentality of a full-grown man. So, according to Lauren's family, like this whole photo shoot issue really just solidifies to Lauren that no matter what she does, Matthew's mother's never going to accept. It. And like I said earlier, this obviously is a pretty big issue for a marriage. Um I said again, like I typed you here, I don't care what anyone says, but when you have animosity with your spouse parents, it puts a huge strain on your marriage. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. When you do not get along with your in-laws, it causes problems. Because yeah. no matter what you do, you either have to grin and bear it and deal with it and deal with being disrespected, deal with, you know, the hate that you feel, deal with the uncomfortableness, or you're the big bad guy who refuses to put up with it. But either way, it, it, you can't win. It's just not possible. So at this point, I mean, the foundation of this marriage is already cracking. So this is really just like another, you know, punch in the side. Right. And at this point, we're talking, they've been married like four months. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. So, uh, after the trip, Matthew ends up withdrawing even more. He keeps a journal of his feelings. It's full of passages about him not feeling worthy of Lauren and just him being overly self-conscious. Uh, Lauren's family reflects back now and says that they always just thought that Matt was quiet, but they now see that he was actually just constantly uncomfortable around them. Like, that's why he was so quiet. And they later find, like, in his journal, that's he just has really bad self-esteem issues, and he just doesn't find himself to be worthy of anything, really, is what it seems from his journals. Right. Um, his spending habits get worse. Uh, apparently, when Matthew and Lauren got married, Lauren had $10,000 in savings. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. Uh, by the summer of 2017, she was down to less than $1,000. That's crazy. So at that point, they had only been married six months. They got married in November. And by the summer of 2017, she had $1,000 to her name. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, Matt's taking money out of her purse. He's taking money from their vacation fund. Um, when Lauren confronts him about it, he denies it, but like, he's just taking money left and right. So with her last thousand dollars, she actually gives it to her sister and asks her sister, Beth, if she can just keep it for her because she can't trust that Matt won't take it. That's sad. I think it's extremely sad. 
Um, it also seems to me there's not like anything extravagant that he that he's spending this money on, though. It really just seems like he's like swindling away on nothing. Like he doesn't have anything to show for all this money he's spending. Right. Regardless, Lauren seems to still be working to save their marriage. Um, it just seems like the more effort that she's putting in, though, then the less Matt puts in. So it's just counter. It's count. They're just countering each other at this point. Uh, at one point, this lady comes by their house. And she claims to be an old coworker of Matt's. I think her name was Valerie. Uh, Lauren wasn't sure if she should be concerned about this or if she was just like jumping to conclusions. But as it would turn out, Matthew actually had lied about the reason why his previous marriage had dissolved. Uh, Matthew was actually the unfaithful one in his first marriage. His first wife, Brooke, tells a completely different story from the one that Matt tells. She says that Matt started to cheat on her even before they were married. Um, she forgave him multiple times. And shortly after they got married, though, um, their marriage also started to fall apart, just like Matthew's and Lauren's, uh, with Matthew refusing to hold down a job and spending all of their money and sitting home playing video games all day, just like he was doing with Lauren. Uh, luckily for Brooke, though, she got out because she wasn't putting up with him, so she left him. As we know, Lauren would not be so lucky. And as far as I know, Lauren never had this information. I would like to think that had she had this he would have left Matthew, but I don't think that Brooke ever came forward with this story until after Lauren's death. I don't think she had any reason to come forward with it. Right. Like, you know what I mean? You'd just be a crazy ex. Right. Right. So, and I mean, based off social media, Lauren and Matthew are extremely happy. I think that if Lauren had posted on Facebook, I'm like, oh my God, Matthew's a piece of crap. He's spending all my money. Then maybe Brooke being a nosy ex would have been like, hey girl, let me tell you what he did to me. Maybe. But that didn't happen, unfortunately. So... So the final straw for Lauren is when she opens her credit card statement and she thought that Matt had spent, I think it was like $1,200 on his video game. On what? I don't know. I don't know what he was playing. I mean, this was what, 2017? So I don't know what video games were out. Call of Duty. I don't know. Buying like fake ammunition. I don't know. Whatever people spend money on video games. He spent $1,200. Fortnite? Was it that, that out then? Because... I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Like Fortnite. I was going to say Minecraft, but I knew that was wrong. Like Fortnite, maybe. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Regardless, though, he spent $1,200 on her credit card. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah. So at this point, Lauren's family ends up having an intervention with Matt. And it actually does end up going well. Fortnite came out in July of 2017. Well, this would have been not that time. So. So no, not Fortnite. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Not on Fortnite, but it doesn't really matter. I don't even know what he was playing. It didn't say, like, Matthew sat home all day playing Xbox. Matthew sat home all day playing PS5. Or 5 wasn't out, but you know what I mean. Right. I don't know what he was playing. So anyway, Matthew does seem to be on board with Lauren to not only resolve their marital issues, but also to better budget their money after this intervention that her family has with him. Um, And for a few weeks, thing, things seem to be going really well. Like he is working with her. They're having dinner once a week and working on the budget. And I mean, things are really on the up and up. That is until the evening of August 31st, 2017. So while Lauren is home cooking dinner and Matthew is playing his video games, the doorbell rings and it's none other than that female ex coworker, Valerie. What does Valerie want? Um, she wants to hang out with Matthew and Matthew lets Lauren know that he's going to go out with Valerie. All right, then. Obviously, this pisses Lauren off. Well. Rightfully so. It does, but a little taste of her own medicine there. I'm not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong, but this is not a good day for this to occur. I mean, no, you're not wrong, but 
the whole reason why he had an issue with the relationship with David. After I found out all of this, I was like, you know what? The relationship with David may have actually not even been a big deal. He might have just been, what's the word I'm looking for? Projecting. Projecting. Yes, I was going to say throwing, but that was not right. No. He may have just been projecting because he's an unfaithful piece of trash. Right. So it doesn't give any other background on David. Maybe David's a 57-year-old man. So, like, we have we have no idea. I'm just saying, though, like, maybe maybe David really is, like, not a threat at all. And Lauren was like, I'm sorry that you think David feels that way about me. I really can't help that you feel that way. But it's an innocent relationship. Yeah, that's possible. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, I don't know. To me, I'm just saying, after finding out that he's an unfaithful crash with the first wife, I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe David actually wasn't a threat at all. And maybe I was completely wrong about that situation. With yeah, Lauren. maybe. Um, I mean, she never said to him, I don't care that you don't like David. Oh, hey, David and I are going out. Like, that never was a thing. But, like, here this woman is showing up at their house. Also, this relationship she was having with David, it was, like, mostly texting and stuff. Right. It wasn't like David was showing up at her house. Like, this Valerie chick has showed up at their house numerous times now. Yeah. And now this time he says, hey, I'm going to go out with Valerie. So, obviously, this pisses Lauren off. Um, like here she is cooking dinner for the two of them and he is like, all right, leaving with another woman. Peace out. Have a good night. Yeah. That kind of sucks. Yeah. So she, you know, tries to call him and text him. He's not responding to her calls, not responding to her text. This just fuels her fire. Um, so she texts her sister that night and she's like, you know what? I'm done. Matthew's ruining my life. Um, I can't do this anymore. I I'm done. I'm, we're, we're getting separated. I don't want to be with him. So eventually she goes to bed alone because Matthew's still not home. And the next thing we know, Matthew Phelps is calling 911 at around 1.10 a.m. on September 1st. Okay, so here's the 911 call. Tell me exactly what happened. I think I killed my What What do you mean by that? What happened? I had a dream, and then I turned on the lights, and she's dead on the floor. How? How? I'm blo- I'm, I have blood all over me, and there's a bloody knife on the bed. And I think I did it. Okay. Give me all right, stay on the phone with me. I'm getting her and you left, okay? I can't believe this. I can't believe this. When did you when did you wake up to find this? Well, I don't need to know what time it is. Alright, stay on the phone with me, sir. I just gotta ask you a few questions, okay? I'm getting some help to you. Are you with are you with the patient now? Yeah. I can see you. Okay. Alright, how old is the how old is the patient? How's your She's twenty nine. Okay. Is she is she awake at all right now? What makes you think she's dead? Is she awake? She's not breathing. Okay. Oh my god. Okay, do you think she is beyond beyond any help? I don't know. I don't I'm too scared to get too close to her. Okay, just stay on the phone with me, sir. I'm 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 here with you. I'm here with you. I'm so scared. All right, I've already sent the paramedics to help you, okay? I'm sending someone to assist you. Just please leave everything as you found it. Is there anything else we can do for you, sir? Where's, where's the knife right now? The knife's on the bed. I'm not next to it, so I'm not, I don't have a weapon on me or anything like that. Okay, when did, when did you wake up? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I took... I took more medicine than I should have. What medicine did you take? I took I took horse eating, cough and cold, horse eating, cough and cold, because I know it can make you feel good. So 
a lot of times I can't sleep at night. Okay. Uh, so, all right. So, what is it? What are you sure she's not breathing? She's not moving. Oh my god. Okay, I'm. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay here with you. Okay, just, just. I, let's, let's at least see if she's breathing. Okay. So All right. Just can you see her from where you're at? Yeah, it's so bad. There's so okay. much blood. Okay. All right. I'm gonna stay here on the phone with you until help gets there. Okay. Um. Just don't don't touch anything. Just look at is she is she breathing at all? Is her chest moving? Is anything going on with her? No. Okay, well we're gonna Okay, so do you have any input on the nine one one call? Yes. Okay, what you got? What the hell? That's my input. Okay. What do you what the hell in? What's the problems that you have with the nine one one So let's dissect it. What do you got? Come on. Pick it apart. What you got? Number one, he's like super calm. He's like, oh, right. mm, I don't know. I think I might have just killed my wife. Yeah, I think I woke up from a dream and I stabbed my wife. There's blood everywhere. I have blood on me. And he's not freaking out. No, he's not freaking out. And he's like, okay, is she breathing? I don't know. I'm afraid to go near her. What do you mean you're afraid to go near her? You just killed her. Right. She's dead. And get over there. You just stabbed her to death. And you're afraid to, to go say near pussy on our podcast. <laughs> yes. No, I agree 100%. Like, he. <laughs> I, I have many issues with the 911 call. Um, other issue I have with the 911. He says, I took some cold medicine. Not because he has a cold, but because sometimes he has a hard time sleeping. So he was taking it to help him sleep. Right. And it sometimes makes you feel good. And it sometimes makes you feel good. So was he trying to get high on cold medicine? Because that's kind of what it seems like to me based off of this, what he just said, is like, sometimes cold medicine makes you feel good, so I, I took some, even though I don't have cold. Maybe he was trying to use it as, like, a sleeping aid. Yes, right. Which you which should not, not do. Which is not what it's made for, right. Um, that also being said, his whole defense claim here is that he took too much cold medicine, therefore, he didn't, he hallucinated, he was dreaming, he didn't mean to do it. Yeah, he's coherent enough to tell you. He's like, where's where's the weapon? Oh, it's on the bed. I'm not touching it. I don't have a weapon on it. Like, he's coherent enough to know that he needs to not have a weapon on him when he show up. Right. To me, that doesn't scream I'm high on cough medicine. To me, that screams, like, I'm coherent. Right, unless he did it before, like, and he just woke up. Like, if it's been hours, is the time of death pretty close to that? Or is they it don't, I mean, more? I think... I don't know that they have, like, an exact time of death, but, I mean, Lauren's texting her sister until, you know, I mean, 10, 11 o'clock at night. I mean, it had to have been pretty short. Yeah. Time frame. Yeah, I don't know. I've never gotten high on cough medicine, so I don't really know how that works. So I don't know, like, how long your high lasts. I've never been high on cold medicine either. So, all right, well, let's move past that. Honestly, we could dissect it all day. So, to me, like, this is what I typed after I listened to it previously. To me, it's extremely unemotional. Yeah. Um, obviously we don't know how we would react in a similar situation, but he claims that he took too much cold medicine. He then stabbed Lauren in his sleep. And as a result of a dream that he was having, which to me, I mean, also like, that's crazy. Like, even if he had like been having a dream and he stabbed her, like how many times do you think he would stab someone before he woke up? I don't know. Never stabbed anyone in my sleep. 
I've never stabbed anyone in my sleep either, but I would like to think that if I was stabbing someone in my sleep, I would wake up, you know, before I stabbed them 123 times. How many times? 123. That's a little excessive. Yeah. Um, I also would like to think that if I'm stabbing someone while they're sleeping and they're rolled on their side, their face away from me, and I'm stabbing them and then I rolled them over. I mean, like, there's just a lot of force that went into it for him to be sleeping the entire time he stabbed her. Yeah. Uh, my other question is, he was sleeping. Where the hell did the knife come from? I don't know. He slept walking got it, I guess. Yeah, it was a kitchen knife. So he went to the kitchen, got a knife, came back to the bedroom and stabbed Lauren in his sleep. I don't know. So when authorities arrive on the scene of the scene, uh, Matthew's standing on the front porch. To me, that's also weird. It's just yeah. like uh, Cammy, right? Wasn't that her husband was outside? Yeah. So to me, strange. She's standing on the front porch. Not. I, I mean, I don't know. I just would think that if I, God forbid, I had a nightmare and I stabbed my husband in his sleep or in my sleep and he was sleeping, whatever, I would think that when the, I would be holding him, I mean, he just brutally accidentally murdered his wife. Right. You would think. He'd be upset. He'd be trying to save her. Right. He'd be holding her crying. Something. Right. Right. Um, you also would think that after stabbing her 123 times in his sleep, that he would be covered in blood. Yeah. You would think it would be all over him, especially when he says, there's so much blood. Oh, there's so much blood. There's blood everywhere. He had a speck of blood on his cheek and he had some blood on his sock. None on his clothes. Nope. Do we think he changed his clothes or? Possibly, but if he changed his clothes, then he was coherent enough to realize he was covered in blood and he cleaned himself up. Right. But why else would he not be covered in blood? If he didn't do it in his sleep, I mean, he would have to have been coherent and awake to not be splattering blood all over himself. Like in his sleep, I I feel like he would just be possible, though. I mean, the detective that spoke about the blood splatter like on him said that it had to have been deliberately done i mean i don't know i've never stabbed someone i don't know i just feel like stabbing someone there'd be blood spurting everywhere regardless of if you're awake or asleep (sighs) i don't know i just feel like if he were sleeping he would not have been coherent enough to like clean himself up and change his clothes right unless he knew i mean obviously he knows he's in the wrong so right um, anyway, regardless, when the police arrive, Lauren is deceased. She's been stabbed 123 times. There's blood on the bed, the floor, the walls, like it's everywhere. It was an extremely violent murder. Um, but Matthew continues to stand by his claim that cold medicine caused him to essentially hallucinate and stab and kill his 29 year old wife. Uh, detectives are not buying this claim. First of all, he has nearly no blood on him. Like I said, um, secondly, when he's being questioned, he's completely aware of like what's taking place. He is, like, completely aware of, like, what's taking place. He's aware, like, of his Miranda rights. Like, he's used to his Miranda rights. He's an attorney. And the detective said, this does not line up with someone who is under the influence of Corsetan. Yes. Okay. So, this does not line up with someone who's under the influence of Corsetan, which is what he took, essentially. He took Corsetan, like, the active ingredient in the cold medicine that he took. So, the detective said, based off of his experience, this is not how someone high on cold medicine would act. Right. It would not have wore off this quickly. 
Uh, Matthew's arrested for the murder of Lauren Phelps. He's taken to the hospital where they take a blood sample for a toxicology report. He's then taken to the Wake County Jail where he's held. Um, Upon further investigation, they discover in the weeks leading up to Lauren's death that Matthew had Googled the effects of Coracetin. He'd also Googled what happens when you mix it with alcohol. Um, They also discover a secret Instagram page belonging to Matthew Phelps. Uh, The Instagram page is still active. I did find it, but it's private, so I could not personally view it. Hmm. Uh, Essentially, though, it shows a very dark side of Matthew. The Instagram depicts Matthew dressed in similar clothing um, as the movie American Psycho. Um, There are pictures referencing Satan, death, witches, demons. It's very disturbing and violent content. uh, And it does not align with his Christian views that... Everyone claims he has. Like everyone claims he's a good Christian man. He was a path like he was a pastor of a church. He was a preacher. That's not true. Clearly, he was a wolf in sheep's clothing, portraying himself as something he was not. Right. Uh, in one post, in one of his posts on Instagram, Matthew wrote, Everyone thinks I'm a serial killer. Hashtag found an angel to kill. Hmm. And that was just weeks before he murdered Lord. Interesting. Yeah. So given this information, as well as the result of Matthew toxicology report prosecutors do not believe that this was an accident but rather it was a calculated and planned murder so in his toxicology report was he did it show that medicine yeah that's what my next slide was um his levels come back and while he did have coracetin in his like bloodstream um the night of lauren's murder it was not on a level that would have caused him to hallucinate okay so essentially what happened is he did take the medicine but he had Googled previously what are the effects of this, thinking that he could just play off that he had taken more than he really had. Yeah. That's kind of dumb. But no. Yeah, it was not a toxic it was not a toxic enough level that it would have caused him to hallucinate. Um on October 5th of 2017, which is my anniversary. Not 2017, but October 5th is my anniversary. Yes. Uh Matthew Phelps changed his plea to guilty on the charge of first-degree murder as a way to avoid the death penalty, and he was sentenced to life in prison. That was all she wrote? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yes. I would agree. 100%. Yeah, he kind of sucks. Uh, He more than sucks. Like, absolute insanity. Mm-hmm. So, if you do the math on that, they were married in November, and he killed her in August. They were married for 10 months. Yeah, that's super short. Yeah. I mean, it's just insane. I just can't imagine a relationship, like, going downhill that quickly. I mean, clearly it wasn't good to start with, though. I mean, obviously not. But, I mean, prior to getting married, it's good. They only ever started having issues once they got married. Yeah, because he uh, manipulated her. Well, because he was pretending to be something he wasn't. I mean, from the very beginning. He got her. Obviously. That's why everything was going good. And then he didn't have to be this fake person that he created anymore right yeah but i mean (laughs) it's insane and it just really irks me i know i said it just really irks me when you google it and i know i've already harped on it enough and people have it and whatever but it's like oh preacher kills wife he was not a preacher no as far as i'm concerned he wasn't even a christian i mean he had a whole facebook page i mean instagram page on demons and devils and satan and like it was all just this like made up personality that he had right to get lauren right but then like what does that do oh that gives you know christianity a bad name because then we have these psychopaths running around here 
like portraying themselves as Christians and they're not. And then like that's all the media focuses on. Every single article. Right. I mean Richard Kale's wife. Stereotypes though. You have a couple people doing Okay, I guess and- I guess my annoyance with it though is that like with other stereotypes, uh, everyone else defends them, but not when it's like this stereotype. No. That's just what I don't know. It just really irks me. <laughs> understand me too but it is just really yeah really crazy it's really sad i feel bad though because like in the beginning i was like oh lauren like i really kind of put some blame on her not saying she deserved to die but like i was like man like you were not a very good wife from the very beginning like why would you do that yeah with the whole david thing but then like come to find out i mean after finding everything out i feel like he probably was just blowing it out of proportion yeah probably i still stand by though that i think he um had some issues that needed therapy while he passed a psych evaluation to be on trial. so Okay, I'm not saying he's full-on not competent. I'm just saying he definitely had mental issues that needed therapy. No, I mean, I agree. He probably did have some mental issues that needed therapy. I think most people probably have mental issues that need therapy. Yeah, I agree. Everybody does. Everybody needs therapy. And what better way to get therapy than with better help? Just kidding. We're not sponsored for help. <laughs> that would be good, though. <laughs> it would be cool, but no. That was a good segue. Yeah, I'm not saying that excuses what he did, but I'm just saying that I still No, it doesn't excuse that. what he did. But I mean, no, I just do think, though, and I'm not saying that he wasn't depressed. And I totally get depression. I feel for depression. I deal with depression myself. Totally get it. I just feel like some of that's a cop-out, though. Like, some of the things he was doing was a cop-out. Oh, yeah. And I'm not saying he wasn't depressed. And I feel for him if he was depressed. But as someone who deals with depression... I mean, at one point, you I'm, you just got to power through it. I I mean, you've got to get yourself help. You've got to, you know, like, do the things that need to be done to get yourself healthy. And he just wasn't willing to do that. Yeah. Um, I didn't put it in here, and I should have. I honestly forgot about it until we just got to this point. But there was one point where it said Lauren told him he needed help. She told him he needed to go see a therapist, and he told her no. Right. And I should have put that in here. I don't know why I didn't. I'm trash. I'm sorry. That's okay. But no, she did. She did tell him, like, you need you need to see someone. You, this is not healthy. And he was like, no, I'm good. Right. So, I don't know. Honestly, that was just a tear. I mean, it's just devastating. Yeah, it is. I mean, devastating all around, honestly. I mean, it's devastating for Lauren. It's also, I mean, obviously devastating for her family. But also, it's kind of devastating for him. That he, it's always devastating. Like, he felt there was no other way out than to just brutally murder her. He was so ashamed to have another divorce under his belt. Like, or maybe that's what he was going for all along. He found another I mean, angel to kill. I mean, maybe, but I don't know. I just think the whole thing's just crazy. It's a lot of effort to me, though. Yeah. To have a whole, well, whole relationship with someone. Just to happen to kill them. That's a lot of work. Lauren's mother said that she thinks he just wanted to kill. Yeah. And now she's seen this Instagram. Obviously, like I said, I haven't. It's completely private. I tried to like Google to see if anyone else. Of it. It doesn't have very many. But she said based off of that Instagram. And also there was another article I read. Like maybe some friends of his that had said he had made comments in the past about just wanting to kill someone. Yeah. So. She doesn't think it had anything to do with it being Lauren necessarily. He just wanted to kill someone. And because Lauren was now like done with his 
you know, bull squash, he was like, oh, I'm losing my chance. Better kill her now. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, yeah, very well. It could be that could have been his plan with Brooke. You know, he could have been planning to kill his first wife. Right. And she got out. But she was like, nah, son, you ain't taking my money. I don't know. I don't know. Definitely crazy. Well, that's all I got. So we'll catch you next week when we cover a whole. A whole what? A whole new case. And now that you've hung out this long, it seems like the perfect time to head on over to Patreon. Okay. I think I've heard enough about Patreon. Probably. Okay. Thanks. Bye. See you later. Bye. Hey, everyone. If you like what you heard and you want to support a small podcast, please give us money at www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked, where you can join one of our four amazing tiers, starting at just a measly $3 a month. That's literally 10 cents a day. You can join the Slightly Wicked. After that, we've got the Moderately Wicked for just $5 a month, followed by the Awesomely Wicked for $7 a month. And for those high rollers, big ballers, we have the Extraordinarily Wicked. So head on over, check it out. If you like what you see, join it up. If subscriptions aren't your jam, head on over to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash W-D-O-W where you can give us a one-time donation to buy us a coffee or, you know, like podcasting equipment, which would probably be a better use of our money. Feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at weekly underscore dose underscore of underscore wicked or you can just search weekly dose of wicked and we'll pop up because we're the only ones. Or you can give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash weekly dose of wicked. Or, you know what, you could just do both, because that would be better for us. For a direct feed of our podcast, please go to www.weeklydoseofwicked.buzzsprout.com. Great news, guys. We've made it big time. And you can now listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yep, yep. Even Pandora, they finally let us in. Make sure to come back next Wednesday for your Weekly Weekly Dose of Wicked. Wicked. So I I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.